This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals just like you where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is completely wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I'm joined on the phone with the lovely David Weiss, coaching student, brand new agent. I think he's had his license for about a month. Hello, David. How are you? Good. How are you, Bob? Good. And you're in Orlando, Florida. That is correct. Man, is it flat. Have you ever been there, Ramon? I have not. It's flat. I've always wanted to go to Disney World. Now, though. we look out and have mountain. Well, yeah, Disney World isn't flat because they built a big high thing there. That's different. But So, David, you're not originally from Orlando. Where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in New York City in Queens. All right. So uh, now you've had your license for – oh, wait a minute. We have to start with the headlines of the day. I forgot. Well, this is really not a headline. I was doing that. Now, people don't know this, or then maybe they do. We pre-tape these shows. This is not live, so no one could get hurt. Well. If I say something really stupid or offensive, you could edit it out if we had. And, and that I, has happened. <laughs> and I have saved them for blackmailing later, yes. <laughs> That's right. That's fine. Yeah, it's not like my reputation could get ruined. Uh, but I, I, have you ever seen these websites where you can search for the toy that was – New at the date of your birth. Have you ever seen that? No, but I will now. Yeah. Mine was the wheel, unfortunately. <laughs> That's kind of sad. We'll probably look yours up later, Ramon. So uh, it was that little thing that came in the Cracker Jack box, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ramon and I grew up in some high-class neighborhoods. The lick and stick tattoo. There you go. Good. Lick and st- I like anything with lick and stick on it. Now, Dave uh, – Tell me, you've had your license for how long? About a month, is that true? Uh, about a month now. Now, you work for a fantastic company. Let's plug it. What company are you with? Uh, I work for Premium Properties Real Estate. Yeah. Your manager's great. Your owner's great. I've talked to them. I knew them before I knew you. And uh, But you, uh, how'd you find out about me? Um, I have a friend who is a coaching student who was in real estate before me and he actually put me onto your podcast ah the podcast ramon i told you people were listening it's all about you Ramon. (laughs) yes there are people listening yeah so then uh and then we had a chat and then you signed up so uh what has happened in your now first of all you have another job he has what we call a real (laughs) j-o-b he can't wait to get rid of yeah, he's a uh, chef. That, that is correct. A chef? He's a chef. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was a chef for 15 years. I went to culinary school. I did all the things that I was supposed to do in the food business. And then uh, this horrible pandemic happened, and I had to kind of piece all the puzzles together and figure out what I was going to do next. And I had a friend that said, why don't you try real estate? You're great at selling stuff. And uh, I could not realize how further from the truth that was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I went into real estate. I actually took the the test right after a root canal. Um, And 
and ended up passing it. Um, and then realized that I had no idea what I was doing. Because you were so, still high on the drugs for the root canal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I passed the test. Um, there were so many different avenues to go down between everything my broker was telling me to get into like Facebook advertising and, and just really stuff that I had no idea which avenue to go down and, and what to put my money in. And uh, that was when I called you. Ramon made a face when he heard the phrase Facebook, Facebook advertising. advertising. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. That's right. Yep. That's what they when they when they say, you know, I always recommend to everybody if you're if you're a, sometimes people may be listening to this when they're brand new and they haven't got their license yet and they're going to choose, you know, what which broker should I work for? And you lucked out. You went to a fantastic broker. But uh, I always say, ask the broker. If I could do one activity every day that would guarantee my success, what would that activity be? And then, you know, most of them would say something like, oh, networking, those networking groups. Or hashtagging. Hashtagging, right. Um, so I did hash something else. That's another story. We're not going to go into that. <laughs> but we don't have that kind of time. But, uh, you know, and that wouldn't – if. If they said, well, you know, what you should do is get on the phone every day, uh, you know, start calling your sphere of influence, then move to brand new for sale by owners, then go to expireds and cancels, then go to follow up calls from previous cold calling, then cold call until you've scheduled five listing appointments a week. I don't think any brokers are going to say that, but if they did, that's the right broker. But even if they did say something stupid like Facebook advertising, networking, you know, doing all the stuff that realtors do, um, it wouldn't keep me from working there. But at least I would never go to that person for advice. So um, right. I tend not to go to anyone in my brokerage for advice. Well, that's because you got me. Yeah. Now, my advice I, isn't necessarily better, but it is funnier. It's always the opposite and it always works. Well, there's that too. So what what – what happened uh, after you signed up for coaching? Tell the story. Well, uh, like any new agent, I was confused on what to spend my money on. I didn't have a lot of money. I knew that I needed By to By the way, while he's account. telling this story, I'm going to drink Folger's Coffee, who is our sponsor. Did you know that, David? I didn't know that. It's delicious. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, keep going. Um. So I didn't know what to spend my money on. I knew I needed to sign up for the MLS. But other than that, I had no idea what necessarily to do. I took out a Facebook ad before I met you, which obviously did not work. So I thought to myself after listening to the podcast, why don't I just start calling people? Because it's pointless to go out and pound the pavement in Florida when it's 105 degrees outside. Um, so that's essentially what I did. Uh, I picked up. Uh, I went on to Zillow, and I just started calling for sale by owners. Uh, huge amounts of for sale by owners, almost uh, 130 of them a day. So my brokerage was kind of stunned at that fact. I was given a mentor who, I'm not going to mention by name, but didn't really help me in any way because she had her own business to kind of work off of. Um, so that's when I called you, and we kind of chatted about cold calling. And it works. Now, the number one complaint I hear from new agents, and, I, and if owners are listening, and let's pray to God they are, Ramon. <laughs> if you own a real estate company 
and you have a mentor program. That is the number one complaint I hear. Uh, I The one thing I've never heard is somebody say, oh, my mentor at my real estate company is great. Thank God they put me in that. Oh, my goodness. What a success. I have never once heard that. It's, so if you want complaints about your real estate company, have a mentor program. That kind of almost guarantees failure for you. So, so and, and again, these are well-meaning, nice people who are the mentors, but uh, uh, they've been trained by the same people that trained all the other people who fail in real estate. So the uh, so you are, are, again, you're part-time. So what, what are your hours at your full-time job? Because there are people who are listening that have a full-time job. They would like to get out of that and go full-time in real estate and we're, you know, working you through that. Uh, what are your hours at your normal uh, chefing job? So I work 3 p.m. to usually 11 p.m. Call that the swing shift in the business, don't we, Ramon? I do. Yeah. Uh, and then on Saturdays, I usually work double, so it's usually from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Oh, that's a fun day. Yeah. And then you come home smelling like chicken soup. Yep, or and worse. then I do real estate right after that, so... I, I pretty much am doing real estate seven days a week right now. So uh, when you when you get so in the morning you do real estate and weekday mornings then. Yeah, I'm in the office by eight thirty in the morning calling, and I leave at two forty five. Okay. So by doing that, how many listing appointments do you schedule per week on average? Four to five, I would say. Okay. So how many listings have you taken in your first month in real estate? Three. How many are under contract? One. Okay. So in your first month in real estate, you'll have a closing and you'll be taking a listing a week uh, and you're doing – and you're almost doing that as a part-time agent. So that's Correct. so. Congratulations to you. So you are the hardest working man in rock and roll. It used to be James Brown. Remember how sweaty he used to get on stage. This man should wear a cape and then just kind of go down on his knee. And then when he starts his chef job, take off the cape and right. starts his job again. And he used to have those handlers, those those lackeys that would run around behind. Him. <laughs> so uh, now, what's the uh, when would you when do you think you're going to feel comfortable quitting your chef and job? I would like to give it six months. Okay. And let's – but if you're really rich before then, you'll quit earlier probably. Oh, I give notice tomorrow. I don't think he's going to make it six months. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it. So uh, – and let's plug the restaurant. What's the name of the restaurant? Uh, SoCo Restaurant. And SoCo, mm -hmm. which stands for South – Southern so, Comfort. Oh, Southern Comfort. Oh, that sounds good. So what questions do you have? Oh, by the way, uh, let me do a shameless plug. Can we do a shameless plug, Ramon? We can indeed, and that's why we paid eight bucks for this. Time for Bob Leffler's shameless by the way, if any of this stuff that we talk about here on the big show, live from high atop the Salem Radio building, by the way, uh, and you're happen if you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, or you're open to the idea of having some help. And uh, if you would like to learn more, you can always call me anytime. Now, Dave, you call me quite a bit. Yes, almost okay? every day. Yeah. 
Um, and then sometimes, multiple times a day, this Dave guy calls me, which is wonderful because I'm lonely. I have no life. I got nothing better to do. Ramon can tell you that. So we'll just see when you call me if what you're trying to do and what we do, if it would be a good fit. Now, if it is a good fit, you will get rich. If it's not a good fit, we'll just admit that to each other. And I'm still happy to help you in any other way I can. And there are other ways. So uh, I love talking to realtors. Don't think you're bothering me. Do not email to me. Do not text. Those are very bad habits in real estate or sales in general. Always call me at 480-385-8810. And please visit fearlessagent.com. Watch our little webinar video there. It's about 45 minutes long. You can take notes, go to the video training page, uh, listen to the episodes of this podcast. But my guarantee is those free videos would be way better coaching than you would pay any other coach any amount of money for. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you no matter what. So 480-385-8810 and fearlessagent.com. Also, subscribe to fearlessagent.tv and uh, that will get you more videos. So what questions do you have, David? Okay. Uh, So I'm a huge cold caller. Uh, There are a lot of people in my brokerage who don't like to do it. I don't understand Those why. Those are called broke what? people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what other methods would you use to prospect besides cold calling? Well, here's the choices. You can, you can use the telephone. You can uh, door knock to make real money is what I'm talking about. Okay, If you want to make real big bucks – uh, you would use the telephone. Now, if you're going to use the telephone, I would start every day you know, calling your sphere, asking for referrals proactively using the magic, comfortable, fearless agent words that would make it comfortable for you to ask and for them to either say yes or no. Then you would go next to any new for sale by owners where you have never dialed their phone number before and uh, either left a message to them, the fearless, excuse me, fearless agent message, or had a live call, live conversation. Then, same thing with brand new expireds. Then go to any new, uh, any follow-up calls from previous cold calling up and down the street through neighborhoods. And then when you're done with that, just do flat-out cold calling for the rest of the day until you've scheduled five listing appointments. Just don't get off the phone until you schedule five. So that's one way to go, the phone. The other way to go, and there's only three, uh, would be door knocking. So you could you know, walk up and down the street. Now, uh, door knocking has some advantages and some drawbacks. So it would be much slower if you were door knocking. You, know, you, you, can, you use a three-line dialer platform, right? Yes. So you could, so you could never knock that fast. Obviously, um, you can't leave a message. You know, you could stick your little thing on their door, and you know they'd never see it because their landscaper would throw it away by the time you, they ever. And no one ever goes to their front door anymore. Anyway, uh, you uh, the advantage to it though is you see and get phone numbers that you could never get any other way. So if you're going to a house in a neighborhood that you could cold call, but you don't have their number. They may have a boat for sale with a for sale sign on it. Um, 
that so you can match that number to that house. So if you're ever driving by, let's say, in an area where you would make calls and you see a house with something for sale and they have a cell phone number on a, on a sign, something's for sale or for whatever reason, uh, or for rent, you know, you can match that, that phone number to that sign. If it's not a property manager, if it's a home, you know, uh, you know, home uh, owner, but for rent by owner, I should say. So then uh, the other thing is you would see houses where they've let some things go, like the people are getting older um, or like people let things go when they have money problems a lot of times. So you know they're going to sell just by the looks of the outside of the house. <laughs> by the way, my house might look that way, Ramon. I'm just that guy. Get a lot of door knocks, I just do you? don't really care. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I get a lot of HOA problems. They're always on my butt. But um, then uh, the other way is holding open houses. So I had one of my students book seven listing appointments in one open house. And uh, I've had many people where they would book like six in-office buyer appointments from one open house. But you have to do the exact opposite of what agents do in open houses. You can't have the little sign-in thing. You can't hand out a copy of the listing. You can't hand out a flyer. You can't hand stuff out. You have to do the fearless agent track. Um, so those are the only three things that are really going to make you any real money. And I notice that people that have weird niches, uh, like they focus on notice of defaults or they focus on uh, you know, like pre-foreclosures or uh, uh, what's the other thing called? Probate where people are dead or – uh, any any kind of a weird niche, they they never make any real money. They do okay sometimes, but um, but that kind of thing can dry up. So I would focus on the get very good at the basics, and and then if you don't like any of those three things, I think it's time to ask yourself why you're in real estate. Most people would get into real estate thinking, yeah, they hold up uh, realtors, they hold open houses, they ask people if they're thinking of selling their house. Uh, they drive buyers around. You know, if you don't like that stuff, um, then or be a partner with somebody like David Weiss because if you were to partner or be an assistant of David Weiss because he's going to book five listing appointments a week. He's going to go on three. He's going to get at least one. He's going to get it at 7% and keep four. He'll be able to afford an assistant uh, probably before he's even full-time in real estate. So that's another opportunity for somebody who doesn't like to prospect. Um, but really, it's about, it's about you know, it's the sales business. It says for sale on the sign. It says salesperson right on your uh, real estate license probably. On my, in my state, it does. Uh, so it's the sales business. So thinking you're not going to have to do sales would be somewhat unrealistic. But it's not a marketing business. Marketing makes you no money in real estate. It costs you money, but it doesn't make you any money. It costs you lots of money. Yeah. So what other questions uh, do you have? How would you say that COVID has affected just in terms of prospecting? Like, not obviously not cold calling, but like if you're door knocking. Right? Well, by the time this show comes on the air, COVID will be over probably. That's my prediction. We'll see if I'm right because we'll know. But um, it has not affected any of my coaching students really at all. 
Um, in the states where they're locked down the most, they're still going on uh, appointments. It, it's really up to the seller. If the like, I I have ignored the whole thing. I don't wear a mask. I don't um, I don't cough on people. I I'm a, a crazy hand washer, um, but. Um, you know, I'm just not the guy. My company's called Fearless Agent, for God's sakes. I mean, how how shook up should I be about anything? But uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. If the seller's worried about it, then you can do it over the phone. Right. Phoning it in is what we call that, right, Ramon? I do it every day here. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> God bless it. Um, so let's talk about my house for a minute. That's, that, that's under contract. So... Mm-hmm. Um, they just had the home inspection. How do you handle um, the buyer agent coming back on home inspection and saying, I need you to fix X, Y, and Did that happen? Yes. So one thing, you should pre-handle that. So uh, say to the buyer agent, uh, you know, we want you to have a home inspection so that way if the house isn't what you like, you can back out. Uh, but what you cannot do, we're selling the house as is. So I'm not in the house fixing business. I'm in the house selling business. So what you cannot do is ask for a repair of any kind, no matter how small. We will not do it. I will not allow the seller to make any repairs ever. And that's to protect you, the buyer agent. Because after closing, when the buyer has a problem with the way that repair was made or it was repaired incorrectly, the thing that was repaired by my seller breaks and they're unhappy, guess who they're not going to call? Me. They're going to call you and it will be your 100% problem. So to protect you from yourself, I'm not going to allow my seller to do any repairs. And if you think you can renegotiate the deal, by asking for a credit on the sales price and try to shake me down for money, the only sound you will hear is me laughing at you, not with you. So it will not happen. Any questions? Now, when you say that up front, they go, oh, yeah, oh, no, that's fine. If you don't say that, they're going to do all those stupid things. So, you know, they'll just – they'll tell their buyer ahead of time they're not going to make a repair. The only purpose of the home inspection is to find out if this house is suitable for you or not. If not, back out. They'll sell it to somebody else and you'll have some other guy living in your favorite house. And that's the way the world works. Okay. So when you talk – What was the repair they asked you for, by the way? They asked me for two things. So my dishwasher was not plugged in for whatever reason. So we plugged it in and showed them that – the dishwasher worked. Um, the house itself. Is your dishwasher built. plugged in, Ramon? I can make a sexist comment right now, but I won't. <laughs> Let's avoid that, shall we? Ramon wants to stay married. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm the dishwasher at my house, Ramon. Are you? That's, that's right. why I'm still married. That's it. <laughs> she's uh, not happily married, but she's she's I mean, she's married. And then what was the, uh, other, the thing? other thing? The other thing they asked for, the house was built before 1978, and they were claiming that there were holes in the wall due to termites. What um, year was it built? 1974. Well, there were, there are termites in that house. 
there's zero chance that in a 1974 house in Orlando, Florida, there are no termites. That's not possible. So it's like that in in my my neighborhood is famous. I live in a neighborhood called McCormick Ranch, and it was built kind of night between 1972 and maybe 1986 or 88. Uh, so my house was built in 1980 when the con the termite contractor uh, was hired to spray termite killing poison on the ground before they start, you know, building the – framing the house. And uh, he, because he had an addiction problem probably or financial problem, sprayed water instead of poison. So there was no, you know, barrier sprayed <laughs> of poison. So he, I think, went to jail and every house in my neighborhood has termites. Uh, so there's no chance they don't have termites. So. The, it's also the highest demand neighborhood in maybe all of Arizona. So people don't care about termites. But that doesn't mean all people don't care about termites. So you have to sell the house to the guy who doesn't care about termites. And by the way, in 1974, um, you know, like my house was built in 1980. The interest rates were 21 percent and mortgage rates were 21 percent in 1980. We had just come off of Jimmy Carter. So what happens is something's got to give and it's the thickness and the quality of all the materials that the house was built. So if you want to buy the crappiest house uh, in the highest demand neighborhood, my house would be that house. So it's a great place to live but the houses are built like crap. So you know you just know that going in. Um, but my seller would never make a repair because I would not allow it. So bad things happen when you make repairs. For example, um, I was coming home one day to my neighborhood. This is my old neighborhood. And there are probably 30 fire trucks, ambulances, and police cars um, on my street. So I can't get on my own street. So I'm thinking, is my house burning down? What's going on? But there's so many emergency vehicles, I'm like freaking out. So there was a lady cop there. So I got out of my car and I walked up to her. I said, hey, hey, I live on this street. What's going on? And she says, oh, do you know John down the street from you? And I go, yeah. He's a police officer. She goes, yeah, he was having a repair done on his house and the repairman caught his house on fire. So we're just here hauling all the stuff out of his house. You know, all his buddies are <laughs> EMS people. <laughs> so they're all hauling the stuff out of his house just to be helpful. So it's good to be a cop in the words of John Candy, I believe. So, um, so if you hire a repairman prior to closing and the repairman catches your house on fire, your listing, what are the chances you're not going to end up in court or have some sort of problem? And all of that is optional. You don't need to sign up for that. So let the – after closing, let the buyer make their repair with their guy, their way, burn their own house that they already own down and uh, then you're out of it. OK. So as a fearless agent, we talk about how to never um, list a house with an FHA loan or a VA loan. Why? Well, because you don't need to. When you're, an, when you're a fearless agent coaching student, you sit on a throne made of the skulls of your enemies and you don't have to put up with the baloney that other 
agents do. So if you want to have problems in your life as a realtor, write this down. Here's how to have lots and lots of problems. Specialize in first-time home buyers. Oh my gosh, there's a load of problems that you don't need. Uh, when you take a listing, entertain the idea of accepting an offer from an FHA, VA uh, loan persons or, or conventional with only 5% down. So the more down payment they have, so I'm not discriminating against veterans. I'm discriminating against broke people who just happen to be veterans, okay? So uh, if they're getting a VA loan and they're putting 50% down, that's no problem. We'll just switch them to a conventional loan. But if you want to never have problems, you know, do business with the buyer who's, who's putting 40% down. Now, what you're going to say to me, David, is no one in my area – as you know, there, you're, you're going to make the argument that hey, there's more broke people than there are rich people. Well, that's true, but there is a way that fearless agents know how to do. And you know how to do it. I know how to do it. We don't talk about it on the podcast, but there is a way to be uh, picky and sell your, and you can generate as many cash offers as you want. So the cash buyer is the person who can and will overpay because they're not limited by an appraisal or any of that stuff. And when the buyer is putting 40% down and getting a loan, uh, the appraiser doesn't even slow his car down when he's driving by the house to appraise it. He doesn't even turn his head and look because there's so much equity, he knows there's no risk for the lender. So just being picky about who who the buyer is, you accept. So let's say I have a um, – what's your average sales price, David? Uh, $230,000. So if I have a $230,000 cash offer on, let's say it's my listing, let's say you're the seller and we have a $230,000 cash offer, but we have a $235,000 FHA offer, which am I going to recommend you take? Cash. Right. Because the, the FHA will fall out of escrow. There will be inspection problems because when they find something wrong in your 1974 poop hole, which there will be problems, they're going to not have the money to fix it. So the cash buyer, he don't care. He just says, yeah, whatever. And your buyer is cash on that, isn't he, if I recall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's not going to care about minor repair things. So you could throw a couple of bucks at him and make him you know, be OK with it. Uh, and if and if they ask for a repair, it's only because the agent who represents him uh, is boneheaded, probably. Yeah. So the yeah. purpose of a home inspection is to find out is this house going to work for you or not, as is. If not, you back out, you go buy another one. But when that FHA thing falls out because of the home inspection, then you're back on the market, and the only question you're ever going to answer is how come it fell out the first time. Why did it fall? Was it an inspection thing? And that's going to be the only conversation you have. So you don't want to you don't want to go under contract and then fall out. So they'd be better off accepting the five thousand dollar lower offer because that's what they're going to get when it falls out. They might get ten grand less. So that literally happened to me because mm-hmm. I was too new a agent at that point. I didn't know. Yeah. 
What uh, what can you tell people who are considering signing up for Fearless Agent? It's a very big um, decision. It really, when especially when you're you're not a younger guy, and you know, I have a family, I have a wife, a kid, a dog. Don't tell me your problems. I got my own problems, David. <laughs> um, you, you definitely, I was on the fence for a very long time, and I had a lot of conversations uh, with Bob Leffler before I even opened up my bank account. So, um, and then there's decisions you make after you join Fearless Agent, which every broker and every real estate agent in your broker will tell you is completely wrong, but it, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, ultimately. Um, so there's really before fearless agent for me and there's after fearless agent. Compare yourself to the other agents in your office that were new like you who are not doing fearless agent. What, what do they do? They're lazy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think that's true. I think people are not lazy. They're fearful. That's why I call my company fearless agent. They're, they're afraid to do the job because they don't know how to do the job. They don't know what to say when they show up, so they don't want to get on the phone and make the calls, which will cause them to show up. I think that's the real problem. Well, I, I have a good story. So Let's hear it. I was, I was maybe a day in Fearless Agent. Um, I called you up and said, you know, my my company is having Boomtown, um, the, a, a Boomtown call at night. But I had already been cold calling for weeks now. So I didn't understand why I needed to go to Boomtown and um, be one of the gang when I was already cold calling on my own and off. And, and Boomtown is a calling platform lead. It's a it's a stupid thing that no one should ever use, in my opinion. But yeah, it's a lead generator that they're not going to be a sponsor on the podcast anytime soon, are they? <laughs> not now. Um, so I, I went anyway just to see what what it was about and. There were people who were stuttering on the phone, who who didn't know the right words to say, who didn't know um, kind of what was going on. And one turned to me and said, Dave, what are you doing? And I said, well, you need to call Bob Leffler, the fearless agent, watch the podcast and, you know, listen to the podcast, watch the videos. And he said, you know, cold calling is not really my thing. I said, well, would it be your thing for five listing appointments? And he looked at me and said, I don't know that I would do that. And I said, well, I don't know what you're doing either. And I moved to the other side of the room. Um, and after, at that moment, I ended Boomtown and I just went straight into Mojo. And, Good and for that you. was really it. And you schedule four or five listing appointments a week as a part-time agent. So that's, God bless you. You're doing the, he's doing the Lord's work, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to plug you. If you would like to send a referral to Orlando, I recommend David Weiss, the hardest working man in real estate in Orlando. You can call him toll free at 407-765-9020. Was all of that correct? Yep. And once again, I want to thank you, David, for joining us today and thank all of you uh, who joined us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-480. That's easy for me to say. 385-8810. And please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you happen to hear it. And until next week, 
do what we always do. Dave and I, we always do, and Ramon, we always do three things. We have fun. We stay humble. Once again, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Oh.